podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Elite, the podcast that covers the Elite Ice Hockey League in the UK. We've gone international for the next couple of weeks as the Great Britain's men's team prepare for their World Championship Division 1A campaign starting on the 29th of April taking place in Nottingham. Before that, they have some warm-up games to play with Latvia up first in a weekend doubleheader in preparation for the main event. Ready to talk to us now is former Coventry Blaze coach Chuck Webber who rejoined the coaching team earlier this week after first working with the GB men in 2016 as he brings us the latest from the camp. You're listening to Elite. Chuck, firstly, great to see you again. You've had quite the week being back involved with the the British ice hockey team again. How does it feel to be back on these shores and, and working with the top talent we have here? You know, it's exciting. Um, This is something that I've been kind of bugging Pete about ever since my time with the team in Croatia, Um, that if you ever needed some help or anything like that, that I'd be available. You know, I really enjoyed my time uh, with them, well, geez, like seven years ago now, (laughs) or seven or eight years ago now. And um, I always felt there was kind of unfinished business for me personally, as we got the silver that year and didn't get promoted. And um, you know, I was so proud and so happy as I've been following the the, the, the program uh, since I've been back in North America. And, um, you know, Pete's done a great job with Corey and Kiefer and the boys, and I'm excited to come back and be able to help out. So how come it's taking them so long then to finally get you back? Uh, you know what? They've been doing well. I can't complain. You know, I, I as much as I'd love to, be, love to be involved and everything like that with the success they're having, I totally understood um, there's no reason to upset the apple cart as they say that way. And, uh, but, um, yeah. So, you know, like I said, with Pete being, you know, tied up with everything going on right now, um, in, in Germany with his team and stuff like that, and getting a chance to work with Corey has been uh, great since I got here. Good. So what's been your impressions of the team and players so far as you build up to these weekend games against Latvia? Well, I, I think just the increase in, in the talent of the guys, um, you know, that's a big, especially with some of the younger guys, you know, Liam Kirk, you know, is, is a name as everybody in, in UK hockey knows about right now and getting to see guys like him, um, you know, and there's a lot of other guys that, um, you know, are new to me, um, you know, as part of it. Um, so it's kind of pretty cool to see. You know, the old guard, you know, the the Jonah Phillips, you know, with you know, the, you know, the O'Connors, the Richardsons, um, the Dowds, you know, the guys that I was with, um, but also seeing now some of these new younger players coming in and, and kind of creating and putting their fingerprints on this team as well is is pretty exciting. You know, you can see that the skill has gotten better, the speed has gotten better, uh, but still the, just the work ethic and everybody thing that makes GB special is still hasn't changed. So we'll talk about the games coming up very soon um, and we'll get your thoughts on those. But firstly, just bring us up to speed on, on what you've been up to since we last saw you in a British bench in 2016. Yeah, um, went back, you know, my son was born here. Um, so he's seven now. So that's how I kind of always kind of keep everything in order a little bit. I uh, went back and worked for the Buffalo Sabres organization as a coach uh, for their American League team. 
Uh, and then I went, I uh, was there briefly or uh, for a year. Uh, and then unfortunately the GM got let go in the nature of pro hockey in North America. I joined the Bruins organization, uh, worked with them, uh, you know, and then opportunity presented itself to get into the college game. And I think for me with my son, you know, having a son, not wanting to move him as much as I was moving in pro hockey, it seemed to make perfect sense as division one hockey. And I'm at uh, RPI, which is Rensselaer Polytech Institute. Um, you know, our league is the Harvards, it's the Quinnipiacs, the Clarkson, St. Lawrence, Cornell, you know, all the Ivy League schools. And so it's great hockey. Um, it's exciting hockey uh, and getting to work with young players and develop them for pro hockey has been pretty special. Well, I was going to ask you about that. I was a little bit interested in your role with uh, Rensselaer um, Engineers. The NCAA is where you're at, the assistant coach there. As you just said, you're helping these young players coming through the important years of their career. So what do you get out of that role compared to when you were working in places like Atlanta and maybe even Coventry? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the big thing is the development aspect. I think in the minors and pro, you're still trying to develop guys for the National Hockey League. Um, I think the biggest thing here now is all the guys, these young players, A, they're younger. They're 18 to 23 or 24. Um, their eyes and their ears are open. You know, they're trying to get to pro hockey and they're still developing just as much as young men as they are as hockey players. Um, you know, they're balancing the academics as well as the, uh, the hockey side of things. And I think that's probably the biggest difference for me is just these guys have classes during the day, then they come to practice. Um, but still at the same time, and we get hands on a Monday through Thursday to really work on their development on and off the ice, uh, play the games on Friday and Saturday and, you know, and then hopefully move them on to, to pro hockey after they graduate and, you know, life after pro hockey, we're trying to prepare them for as well. So can you describe how competitive the NCAA is compared to, again, some of the places you, you've worked with in the past? It's very competitive. It's different because um, it's not pro, you know, so the top, the top forwards move up the top D it's kind of like that whole thing. The top guys in the East coast league, move up to the American league, the top guys in the American league move up to the NHL. So it's kind of those stepping stones, you know, every team's got NHL draft picks on them. Every school has NHL draft picks on them. Um, so the, the pace is high. It's um, I kind of joke that it's, it's basically all since the players wear full cages in college, it's just jump in front of every shot, finish every check. Um, you know, it's kind of skating around with your hair on fire at a thousand miles an hour, especially because you only play two games on the weekend and these young guys, they're, they're so excited and the build up and everything that comes along with that. Um, so it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, these guys, they want to get better and, and that development path is pretty special that way. Now you'll be fully aware that last weekend saw the, the playoff finals weekend here in the UK, the 2023 version. You of course were very successful in 2015 with that Coventry Blaze team. Of course, the fans have got fond memories of that weekend. How prominent are your recollections from that game, the final against the Sheffield Steelers and the whole experience of that year? You know what? It, it was that first year, really both my both years were, were pretty special. I mean, that team was in last place when I inherited them. And um, you know, they you know, they they put in the the effort that you know they they could have just folded it in and went, you know, hey, let's get through the season and, and go off into the sunset. But, you know, guys like Ryan O'Mara and Mike Egner, um, you know, Ashley Tate, Russ Cowley, um, you know, on down the line to Stewie and Ned, um, they bought in. They wasn't easy. I'm not the easiest guy to play for as a head coach. And, um, you know, they accepted the demands I put on them, embraced it. 
and uh, you know were able to show their true metal, you know, in getting a championship. And we didn't have the easiest path by any means, and um, you know, to to be able to to upset a few teams and then beat that top seed in the finals, you know. And again, just the, the fan support and um, you know the goals that were scored and just the complete team effort. You know, we didn't have the best players in the league by any means. Um, but we had a, a group of guys that worked together and really cared about each other and were able to have some special memories that way. Now, you said back at the top that you've been keeping an eye on the, the GB side of things since your involvement back in 2016. But what about the domestic game? Do you still keep tabs on Coventry and the Elite League as a, as a whole? Yes. You know, I def, I follow the Coventry, especially on Twitter and social media and stuff like that. And um, you know, so, you know, been trying to keep a track of some of the old guys like Ross Venus, um, you know, who played for me, Dave Clements, who played for me, um, you know, so that's always, it's good from that standpoint. And I know, um, you know, Stewie's putting his mark on the program and, you know, trying to get them to become regular, one of the top teams and, and hopefully to have that regular season success as well as into the playoffs and, I think that was always probably a bigger adjustment for me was how important uh, the regular season is to the elite league. Um, I think that's a, it, it, you know, it's very unique to hockey. Um, I would say probably 90% of the hockey world, it's all about the playoffs and winning the championship at the regular season. And, you know, just the fo English football effect that it has on the elite league and how important the regular season is, as well as the playoffs um, is something different, you know, for sure. Have a little bit of fun with you now, Chuck. Please indulge me, if you will. I know okay. you've had a long day. So I was looking at the 2016 squad. 11 of those players um, that were involved uh, are still involved now with, with Pete's squad uh, seven years later. Can you remember who they all are? Um, I'll start in net, and I'll go Bouncy. Yep. I'll start our starting goalie on D, uh, Richardson, yep. O'Connor, Batch, yep. Mosley. Yep. I guess he's a swing guy. He can play up. He plays up and back uh, from that standpoint. Um, up front, Dowd. Yep. Phillips. Oh, I forgot Dave Phillips in the oh, back. There you go. That's two. <laughs> uh, so both Phillips. He left. Uh, I, said, I said Dowd already. Um, Ross Venus. Ross Venus. Yeah, he was, on, he was on that team. So that's nine, right? That's nine. Two left. I'm sure two. Yep. Uh, um, oh, Lakowitz. Lakowitz. There you go. One more. And Matt Myers. There you go. All 11. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. See, oh. you even that's fantastic. So when you see how far, not just those guys, but the team as a whole have come, and as I say, you've already said you've kept that. Uh, Kept track yep. of them. When you think back to that experience in 2016, just missing out the silver medal you got that year. When you look at where they've been since, did you think back then that was achievable? I did because of the passion and the work ethic they play with. I mean, we're GB were the sum of our parts. We don't have the NHLers. We don't have, you know, it, be the first one to admit, you know, we're not the fastest team at this level. We're not the most skilled team at this level, but you look at the spirit the willingness to block shots, the willingness to sacrifice personal goals for team goals makes GB pretty special that way. Um, like I said, I think the passion that Pete kind of leads with, um, you know, is something that that is 
second to none that way. And I think that allows GB to be successful. If I think if you had somebody that just was just X's and O's and didn't wasn't able to get the emotional and the lack of a better term, spiritual buy-in that Pete's able to do with this group, um, you'd have a very average team. And I, I think this is going to be a, a great year. I, you know, no guarantees or anything like that, but I think we can challenge in this group for one of those top two spots to get the chance to go play with the big boys next year. And you think back to the fact when they did it five years ago in 2018, do you think this would be bigger if they were to go and do it again? I don't know if it'd be bigger. You know, I think the first time you do it is pretty big. Um, I, I think actually what's kind of enjoyable about this is there's higher expectations for this group, um, you know, because they've been there before, and you know, and, and everything else. And I, I think the the boys really kind of enjoy that. I think the fact that we're on home soil uh, is big. And I, I think the support that the British hockey fans give these guys is is fantastic. Um, you know, you look the last time they got promoted, they were in Belfast. So, you know, hopefully we can kind of continue that growth. Um, you know, we can have four great exhibition games here. You know, there's, you know, it's not the exhibition games are about fine tuning things, putting stuff to tape um, and getting better. But, you know, we want to put on good shows and, and, and compete and um, continue to grow, you know, through that time. So make sure that we're playing our best hockey going uh, into the start of the tournament. Now, you've been watching GB, as, you, as you've already said. Take you back to 2019, that last game against France, Ben Davis and all that. Where were, where are you watching it? Where were you? I'm sure your story is probably more exciting than mine, nope, which was on a bus going home from work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? I wasn't, unfortunately, able to watch it, but I did go back and watch the highlights. Um, trying to drawing a blank on the big power forward who scored um off the face off there to close the gap um Robert Farmer yes thank you um it just had he kind of threw it and it found its way in and and everything else that way and just the the genuine surprise and jubilation in his face was a big thing that stood out to me um and then just seeing the raw emotion and everything else from everybody was you know, watching the celebration and everything else afterwards was pretty pretty special. Hold on, that's a fail. That was John O'Phillips that set up Ben Davis for the goal. I do apologize. Okay. That was that was John O'Phillips. <laughs> there we go. Apologies for that. So no problem. <laughs> so let's let's go to the weekend then. Let's rein it back a little and look ahead to these warm-up games. Latvia are the opponents for the two this weekend. As you've been preparing the team this year, what have you learned about the Latvians and, and how can you get the better of them on those two games? Well, I, I think they can skate their skill. Um, you know, I, I think from that standpoint, it's going to be a great test. I know talking to the players and talking to the staff, you know, they feel them, you know, being up in the group A and stuff like that, that they're a team that, you know, I that GB probably missed an opportunity with and beating while they were up there. Um, you know, they're hard fought games. They're two uh, national sides that have a lot of pride. Um, you know, they have a few guys, you know, playing in some top leagues in Switzerland, et cetera, um, that we got to make sure that we're able to neutralize and take advantage of opportunities when they present themselves that way. But we know they're going to come out. They're going to play hard. They're going to be direct and play fast. And, you know, we got to be prepared for that. As, you, as you've alluded to, there was the World Championship game last year, a seven-goal seven goal thriller it was, Latvia 
getting the, the better. But how much of well, is this the best possible test? Really, is what I'm getting at for for the guys going into the, the World Championship campaign. I don't know if we're worried about the test per se. It's just the games. Um, you know, we're going to spend a little time on our opponents, but we're going to really focus on us. Um, like I said, we, we want to play well. We Of course, you always want to win every time you put the sweater on. Um, but I think the biggest thing we want to do is really worry about us and really worry about making sure that we're, you know, A, we have some tough decisions to make getting from our 30 guys down to 23. So we're going to put a lot of guys in situations that maybe they might not see in the tournament, but they got to be prepared for. Um, you know, there's that balancing act with four games in five days. We don't want to burn out, you know, guys that are going to play a lot of minutes in the tournament. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's that tightrope we're walking a little bit for wanting to get quality results against a good opponent. But at the same time, like I said earlier, we're worried about us worried about getting the looks at the right guys in the right situations to make sure we're, you know, we're putting the best team together come opening of the tournament. And as well as victories, and that would also obviously help for confidence, morale, and coming into the other games. But are there any other main targets you hope to achieve over the next few days in terms of what you want to see from the guys on the ice as they play? I think just um, being able to play free and, and be able to not think about the systems and the structure and things like that just playing fast uh playing with confidence and playing connected you know it's being able to be dialed in whatever puck whatever zone the puck is in is being good in that zone um you know when you're in the offensive zone and you don't have the puck you got to be thinking about defense when you're in your own zone and you do have the puck we got to be thinking about offense you know we got and again like i said earlier we're some of our parts so we need all five guys working, you know, plus our goaltender to be working together. Um, you know, there's going to be some different times. We're going to have to weather some storms and stuff like that, but then need to be opportunistic and take advantage of the opportunities when they present um, for us to, to, to get goals and, you know, show quality in our finish. Well, that's about it for this episode of Elite. And my thanks to GB assistant coach Chuck Weber for joining us. We'll continue to get more from the national team camp as we go on, but if you've missed our other shows this week, featuring Chris Ellis and Ben O'Connor of Guildford Flames, download and listen to them now. Tickets are available for the GB warm-up games against Latvia this Saturday at the Motorpoint Arena in Nottingham. That's a 7 o'clock face-off. And on Sunday at the Sky Dome in Coventry with a 5.30 start. And you'll find all fixtures and ticket info for the forthcoming games by visiting the Ice Hockey UK website. You can also follow us on Twitter at underscore Elite IH and like Elite Podcast on Facebook. Also, subscribe and download now from your preferred podcast provider, including Spotify, Amazon and Apple, and new episodes will drop as and when they're ready. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode. Elite Hockey, Elite Listening. Bye for now. Podcast Network.